Sox. Go, 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 go. Let's go, 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 White Sox. Chicago is proud of you. This is White Sox Weekly. The Chicago Baseball Conversation on the new flagship home of the Sox. 720 WGN. No one has said it better than Harry Tynowitz on Twitter right now at HeyTweetHarry. The White Sox can still go 160-2. and two. Ain't that right, Harry Tynowitz? Better believe it, brother. A couple of uh, miscues in the field today, and the White Sox need to uh, hunker down, focus more, uh, stop making mistakes, and uh, salvage. Salvage the uh, final game of the series tomorrow. You know what I liked about today outside of... The performance from Yohan Moncada going three for five and in the two run homer and the three run bomb from Jose Abreu and the couple of knocks for Eloy Jimenez. So, besides the offense, besides the offense, well, one thing that I like today after the game, see, I'm about the little things, Harry. I'm, I'm about the. I, I, I heard that about you. Right. So, I see the manager, Ricky Renteria. He walks all the way from his top step of the dugout all the way to the end of the dugout. And that's where Moncada is after flying out. And that's where a couple of White Sox players were hanging out. And he pats them all on the fanny. And then he proceeds to head back into the clubhouse after the game. But I, I, I liked that he was trying to just sort of, hey, let's, 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 not, uh, let's not fold the tent here. Let's Accentuate not, the positive. Let, let's stay up. And look, it's always... These guys are professionals. They're not going to go run away dropping two games. But it all, everything at the beginning of the season is magnified. So it just doesn't it doesn't feel good to be zero two. There's no way around that. No, it stinks. And you really thought the Royals would be a team that you could start two and zero against, uh, but that wasn't the case today. Uh, Lopez did not look uh, fantastic. Too many pitches, eighty eight of them in four innings of work. That's just too much. His defense did not help him. He was having trouble finding the strike zone. I don't know if the weather had something to do with that. It was cold and rainy and snow before the game in Kansas City, all of that. Uh, again, the game delayed. We started late, so that's why we're getting on. Are you, are you sick of hearing that from Major League ball players that they grew up you know, in a climate that was so warm that they don't like to pitch in a climate that's so cold and miserable? Because the guy is in the bigs. The guy is incredibly talented, and I'm expecting big things from him, and... You yeah, know. but it's flat out ridiculous that we're starting the season on March the 28th. Today is March the 30th. Forever, I've been pushing to start the season in May. Let's go the other way. Instead, now we're starting in March. What are we going to do next year? Start in February? Well, I mean, it's just come on, man. It's not, it's not, we're not, it's ridiculous. Well, Carm. I love it. I'm glad it's going on. Don't get me wrong, but it's the season should not start in March. It just shouldn't. Well, if if the teams, the United Center, were both heading towards the playoffs, then uh, I'd be like, maybe you're right, but uh, maybe you're wrong. And congrats to Fred Hoiberg today. Head coach in Nebraska, Fred Hoiberg, yes. So when he comes back for the Big Ten tournament, he can finally win a game at the United That's Center. That's just rude. Fred did a good job. So, Carm, so you okay know, job. I think that they could do you know a better job of starting in warm-weather cities and in dome stadiums, but really, I mean, Lopez... I know he's a young guy, uh, but I, you know that's just that comes off as an excuse. He just he just well, he, got, didn't, he didn't say that. I, 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 I know it, it, people are making the excuse for him. No, he didn't say it. He's a manch. <laughs> okay, uh, but 
it is harder to throw to pitch in when it's freezing out and you can't grip the baseball. That's right, right, but everybody, everybody, both teams had that problem today. Sure, that's that's true. Everybody, that's very true. They're both playing in the same conditions. And when I think the wind blowing out is a bigger factor than you know where the guy grew up. And, and tomorrow now, so Lopez, we know he's been inconsistent. Giolito, tomorrow. See, I'm, I'm looking ahead. I, you know, I, Okay, so Aloy, as you mentioned, his first two major league hits, terrific. Yoan Mancata, a couple of deep drives, and Abreu got the socks on the board early. But I was very frustrated because as soon as they cut the gap from 4 nothing to 4-3, you can't let the other team score. I always consider that to be great momentum. When when you cut the lead and the other team doesn't score in the next inning, not only did the other team score, they scored four times. That wasn't great. It wasn't great. That was that was rough. Couple of two run single, two run double in the uh, yeah. in the six. The Sox came back from there, made it an eight six game. Look, you as I was saying on the post game show, it's it's hard. strong post game. By the way, thank you, Harry. Thank you very much. It was I was nervous. I hadn't done it uh, in a while. Specifically, all the way back to last September, felt like I was, felt like the first time all over again doing the White Sox post game show. But okay, foreigner. The 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 point is that uh, when you walk five and only strike out four, that's what the White Sox pitching staff did combined today. Not to just to boil it down to the numbers. And on the other side of the coin, you walk twice and strike out ten times. These are not uh, favorable numbers to help you win baseball games. No, they're not. And um, I did not like the Tim Anderson. To me, got so good defensively at shortstop yesterday. I did not like that ball dropping between Tim Anderson and uh, Aloy uh, Jimenez in the aforementioned four-run inning the Royals put up. Yeah, it was interesting that after the game, Ricky Renteria was saying that uh, Jimenez was calling for it. I mean, watch the replay. He doesn't move his mind. Maybe he's a ventriloquist. Uh, well, I, I he does so many things well. He could be a ventriloquist. Hey, you I mean, saw, you saw on, on TV, you saw Anderson mouth. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear anything. It just Anderson never actually reacted like he was hearing from him. Right. But, but but then again, he didn't go for the ball himself. So maybe it, either way, this is a, it's a good learning lesson. You would hope that that would have happened in spring training. It didn't. It happened today. They'll have to move forward and not the end of the world. It's just, but that's what happens when you have a brand new left fielder partnering with a shortstop. You're, you're, it, things are not going to be perfect right out of the gate. Let's talk fundamentals for you, young ball players out there. Yeah. On, a, on a ball that's hit like that, uh, you know, a pop fly where the shortstop or or the infielder is going back and the outfielder is coming in. Because I was having a conversation with Zaz, executive producer extraordinaire of the White Sox, and we were trying to figure out like whose ball is that. So I was ta- so. What do you, I'll tell you what I what I think after you answer. Whose ball is that? Well, first of all, Zaz would always catch it no matter what position he was in. I mean, he if he was going if he's coming out or going in, he'd make the play. But it's the left fielder's ball all day. He the left fielder should be calling. Well, here shortstop can be going out and he can be calling for it. But once he hears the left fielder, that's when he gives way. So technically, it's the infielder's ball. Until it's until the infielder is called off by the outfielder. The infielder is going to go out and and do the best he should be going out to make an attempt on the play. Right. 
but he is waiting to hear the outfielder call him up. It's way easier to come in than go back. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. It's it's a play that you expect the outfielder to make, and it, you know it's not just over the head of the infielder. It's you know it's the outfielder had plenty of time to get in position. He never called him off, so, and Tim Anderson makes that play in his sleep. You know, but I I don't think it's fair to blame Tim Anderson. I think Aloy's got to learn to call him off and make that play. But you know, if if, if you don't hear him, you got to go after that ball. And and again, Tim Anderson has gotten so much better defensively. It was a one nothing game at that point. That ended up loading the bases, and then Ryan O'Hearn had a knock for the Royals, made it three nothing. All plays do matter. Uh, and Bill Melton will be with us after six o'clock, so we can really delve into the intricacies of pop-ups and whatnot with a guy who actually played the game outside of me and you. Although I know exactly what I'm talking about from my on my pop-ups, Harry. I would have been flying in from left field. Would have caught it in my back pocket, damn it. Hey, Carm, I played uh, softball every Sunday with the comics for about three years. You, Those were some intense you, games. You were, you, you were and, and are an amazing athlete. There's, yeah. I've always appreciated the way you bounce around, your, your, your spryness, all of it. It's impressive. I, well, I'm a pretty fine dancer. Really? Yes, but but I wouldn't say athlete. Okay, okay. A three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred Sox fans, are you concerned? What are you seeing early in the season? Anybody pushing the panic button? We'd love to talk you off the ledge. Maybe we'll uh, join you a little bit, if, if depending on the topic. <laughs> well, you can talk us on to the ledge. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Feel free to jump on in here. Family Sundays feature tickets as low as five dollars in the upper level. $15 in the lower level. That's down from 20 bucks last year. And parking for only 10 bucks, plus special family-focused activities located throughout the ballpark. Family Sundays are proudly presented by Coca-Cola. Grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola and enjoy the game. Visit WhiteSox.com slash Sundays to purchase your tickets today. Hey, the White Sox home opener is Thursday, April 4th, 1.10 p.m. versus the Submariners. The first 20,000 fans receive a White Sox long sleeve shirt presented by CIBC. You know, they're a proud sponsor of your Chicago White Sox. CIBC Commercial Banking, Wealth Management, Personal Banking. Purchase your tickets today by visiting WhiteSox.com or calling 866 866- Six Sox game. Melty coming up. Plus, there is a new addition to the ballpark that we'll talk about after 6.30. There's this goose that's just like hanging out. Goose gossage? And goose gossage is not correct. There's a, there's an animal in right field. So we'll be doing that as well. 720 WGN. Here's the one-two. On the ground up the middle base hit. First oh. major league hit. Oh, Hearn was playing straight up second base on the infield grass. The ball was hit and he took off sprinting to first base away from the ball like he wasn't allowed to go catch it, but there was nobody there to his right to catch it. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. Thank you for being with us. Hope you're having a great Saturday. 312-981-7200. White Sox fans, if you're coming out to opening day, we'd love to hear from you. If you have if you're freaking out about 0-2, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to celebrate Yoan Moncada and or Eloy Jimenez, phone lines are open for you. 312-981-7200. Bill Melton coming up after 6 o'clock. And hey, 
Find the ticket plan that's right for you. Full and partial season ticket plans are available and offer the best locations, highest savings, and the most benefits. Lock in your plan today. For more information, call 312-674-1000 or visit WhiteSox.com. I've still got a hoodie from about six years ago. These things are great. And a week from today, please join us as the White Sox take on the Seattle Mariners. That's next Saturday, April 16th at 110. The first 15,000 White Sox fans receive a White Sox hoodie. Presented by Guaranteed Rate, your trusted teammate throughout the mortgage process. Get started today at Rate.com. To purchase tickets, visit WhiteSox.com. So I want to talk about the Moncada home run, Harry. Yeah, which Moncada home run? The home run that came in the, what was it, the sixth inning today? Memory serves. Top of the seventh. My bad. Thank you, Curtis. Top of the seventh, right? Socks yes. are Socks are down 8-4. Mm-hmm. Run around. Mm-hmm. Moncada at the plate. Mm-hmm. And... He's got two strikes on him, and he's a box burger on the mound. Guy yes. throws a pr- the, one, the one-time closer. Yeah, and, and, and they, you know the Royals bullpen's not great. He's going to see there's there's tougher competition than what he was facing. But nevertheless, he saw a very difficult slider that was in the zone and then dipped out of the zone at the last second. And here's a guy who struck out a ton last year. Yes, lets it go. I'm like, whoa, that was an impressive take. And then. 3-2, high and deep to right field. This is hit a ton at the track, at the wall. And Sihia is off the top of the wall for a two-run homer. How about that one? Oh, brother. Moncada kills one at 387-plus. And the White Sox are indeed worth in two. And he was actually a little bit jammed on it, Harry. So I, I like the fact that it sailed 387. The wind was blowing slightly out to right. But I, all of it was impressive. But here's a guy, you know, who... You want to see him have better strike zone discipline, and he showed it right there, and then he goes out and hits a bomb. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, and a lot of hitters with two strikes, they will choke up on the bat, and we talked with uh, Todd Steverson, your buddy, the uh, former football coach, and he says that it's a White Sox philosophy that you choke up, you sacrifice a little power with two strikes. Didn't look to me like Moncada was sacrificing any power on that swing. No, he he most definitely was not, but, uh, you know, I... The other thing is, you know, he's making this transition going from second base to third base. Right. And I have a hard time believing that that really matters at the plate, but Andy Mazur was doing his best to convince me that it actually does matter. And I'm so I'm willing to maybe just, uh, if everyone's telling me I'm wrong, then maybe I am. The point being, like, when you're out at second base, there's so much going on. Ball goes in the outfield. Are you, right. are you the cut? Are you going to the bag? There's just, you're, you're always dealing with the pitcher as far as who's covering. And, and if there's a runner on second, you've got to pay attention. There's a lot more going on than just standing at third base. Am I on the line? Am I off the line? Ball's going to get ripped at me. Uh, you know, you're not thinking nearly as much. So maybe that is a difference for him coming to the plate. Maybe he's just a little bit more mental capacity not being used in the field. And I'm a Johan Mankata guy, but uh, he outthought himself defensively today. He had a uh, you know a ground ball to him where Abreu saved him an error because he was like kind of like uh, as Fermi described it, measuring up his throw. And he, a lot of first basemen that would have been, you know, safe, would have been E5. But Abreu was able to keep his toe on the bag and uh, saved Moncada an error. I guess on that argument, Carm, I got to agree with Andy Mazur because 
there's a million things going on. And I always enjoy, you know, when the second baseman and the shortstop are, you know, protecting their mouths, hiding their mouths with the gloves, you know, and you can't tell, like, you know, who's covering who. They've got their little, uh, you know, little uh, code going on. You'd think they could just, like, you know, uh, touch their nose or pull an air down, and they'd know who's covering. I'm going to ask Yoan Moncada, mm-hmm. perhaps uh, through Billy Russo, if it actually is making a difference. I don't know if he'll tell the truth or not, but I'm. Maybe. I, but we could talk. If my to, brother Danny's there. He'll do it for you. Danny, Danny knows Spanish better than me. C. Okay. I, I'm going to say I'm going to say this bottle of water knows Spanish better than you. Hold on now. Three semesters at the University of Iowa, pal. Oh, a studio which, which in is El Calle. Which is the equivalent to like one semester at Northwestern. That's rude and and not not true. And, and okay. Iowa is a wonderful uh-huh. foreign language Wait, which department. Which is the equivalent to five semesters at Kansas. That's true. Yeah. So I'll take the hit there. Yeah, okay, fine. Maybe it is worth only one semester at Northwestern, but that's still a good semester at Northwestern, Harry. Yeah, solid. So a studio in El Caleo, part of three semesters. I, I, oh. I, could, I could step up if you want to do that, but I don't know if I could ask the whole moving to second to third and all that. And I don't think Danny Tynowitz could either. Don't, really? No, I don't. Really, the, uh, Danny's fluent. Fluent. Fluent in Spanish. I don't believe you. Uh, what would you like to wager? We can call Danny during the break and I'll have a conversation. Oh, I want this on the air, and I want you have to have your brother I, call in. I want you to wear a jersey of my choosing uh, at at the Sox game if he is fluent. I, I don't want to look like a clown out there. You got all these oversized jerseys that you well, bust out. Thank God, some are oversized now. <laughs> thank goodness. What are you, you going to wear opening weekend? Some some are tight uh, still. I, I I gave away. I you know, my favorite Sox jersey of all time is I have a Francisco Berrios jersey. Uh, good old number 46. Francisco Berrios was a starting pitcher for the White Sox, who unfortunately had an untimely death. And uh, he uh, was in the, um, like, the Navy, I like to call them the pallbearer uniforms. Remember those? They yeah, like of softball course. Softball uniforms? Late 70s. I love those. So I think that's my favorite Sox jersey of all time in terms of looks. I have a couple of autographs. Uh, that, the Brooke Fordyce autograph is my favorite autograph there you go. baseball jersey. What about a Chet Lemon? You got a Chet Lemon? I had a Chet Lemon t-shirt, which okay. I actually wore in a made-for-TV movie. What about a Harold Baines? Chet Lemon. Harold can you give me his number? Chet Lemon... Text, texters, text in. Let's get this number. I don't want to just blab it. I, I'm, we're having tr- Oh, there it is. There we go. The text line is, I was having some trouble with the text line, but the text line is working. So yes, indeed. Feel free. Texas 18? 44. right. 312-981-7200, by the way, is that text line. Not to be confused with Bob Lemon, the skipper who wore 21. There we go. Okay. How about, uh, I don't want to play this game. Yeah, you don't want to play this game. But, uh, but, but I will say this. I, I will say that it's difficult to switch positions. Now, do you, do you think Yomer is having, uh, you know, a, a different time at the plate because he's moving from third to second or he's used to playing second? Uh, base? Well, it's interesting. I, I would, I would say this. It was clear that he, Yesterday, with the error, or Thursday, rather. Right, it's the, the, that day off is screwy. The double play ball, one step to his left that he doesn't make, it's a huge play in the game. And so you kind of look at him like, are you as comfortable? You know, it's clearly it's going to be an adjustment moving from third to second base. It's a lot to put on him. I'm not saying he can't do it. I think Yomer will be fine. But it is a big change. Mm-hmm. Easier to go, I would think, from second to third than third to second, for sure. All right, quick time. I will get you to news on time. And then Bill Melton, right after the 6 o'clock news. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. One ball, one strike, two on. One out. 4 nothing Kansas City. The 1-1. Swing it a long one to left. Does it have enough? To the bullpen it goes. Light it up. 
Three-run homer. Sox are within one. It's 4-3. Kansas City with the Braves' first of the year. Not a moment too soon for that one. White Sox Weekly continuing. Mark Carmen, Harry Tynowitz with you. 720 WGN. That was the first, Harry, uh, extra base hit for the White Sox in 2019. Came in the sixth inning of Game 2. Well, they didn't have any offense for eight innings on, uh, you're saying not even a double or a triple. Right. That's nine plus five is 14 innings. And then we got into the sixth, and that's just that's a tough way to win ball games, right, Bill Melton? Welcome to let's get uh, Melty on here on seven twenty W. Right, Melty, good to be with you. Yeah, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not privy to any of the games except for what I get on MLB, and right after that, I looked at the box score and saw four walks for your starting pitcher. You're not going to win many games when you you walk that much. I mean. Uh, you got to look at that. I always said that the, the success of this team is going to be that five-man rotation and that bullpen, and preferably having a strong bullpen. Generally, you know, you can hold some leads and win. But when you're walking everybody, it's the same as last year. Too many walks, too many guys on base, put too many guys in scoring position. Uh, so the downfall of the White Sox uh, this year, and I think they're going to be a lot better, is that pitching staff. you got to get, you know, the five-man rotation and that bullpen. Yeah, and that, that's true of any team, right, Melty? It's, uh, you, you can't well, it have... is. Uh, yeah. I'm not worried about the hitting. That's going to come around. That's hot and cold. You come out of spring training, uh, pitchers are usually behind because they haven't thrown enough innings. I understand that. So hitters generally can jump on you pretty quick uh, early in the season. I'm just saying generally. But when you're, when you're walking everybody and there's always somebody on base... It's almost the same thing as last year. I mean, if you cut down the walks, you play better baseball, and then they allow your offense to either catch up or take a lead or build on a lead. But, again, when you have that many walks in a game, uh, you know, from a starting pitcher, uh, that's what makes it really tough to win ballgames. Melty, we were talking about Yohan Moncada earlier, and he's moving from second to third. And I've heard like different people say, well, that's going to really help him at the plate because he doesn't have to think as much playing third base. Now, you never played second, but you know, you, you certainly you know, you, you spent your career at the hot corner. Is that a thing where he can relax more well, in the field? I'll tell you one thing. I, in my last conversation with you, I talked about getting off of second base. You're involved a lot more. Now I'm reading just the opposite. They're staying at third base. You know, there's there's more action and more things are happening. And I'm I feel just the opposite. When you're at second base, you're involved in cutoff plays. You're involved in stolen bases. They're moving you around. You got different hitters. You have pull hitters now. Whereas third base, you know, there's not much you have to do except for cover a certain area. So I thought he could take his mind off of uh, hitting uh, or feeling just by reaction, and that's what third base is. It's nothing more than a reaction position, but it. It seems like it wasn't so much the move to third. I think right now it's the fact that he knew what he did last year and he seems to be improving on it. Hey, Melty, Aloy Jimenez, a lot of people thought he wasn't yeah. going to be up here for the first few weeks of the season. He gets a you know the, the richest extension ever for a guy yeah. that never tasted a Major League Baseball pitch. How much pressure is on him right now? Well, generally those Latin players like that and Puerto Rican players or wherever he's uh, from those, they don't really think that like like Americans do. You know what I'm saying? They don't 
generally put a lot of pressure on themselves. They're, the only tough thing they have is, of course, with the language. But Ricky Renteria speaks fluent uh, Spanish. We've got a lot of guys on the team that are fluent that can really help them more. You know, 10 or 15 years ago, it was probably a little bit tougher on a guy that's not used to our culture, doesn't speak our language. But now I think uh, with the Brayu, all these guys kind of blend a lot quicker. Uh, again, I'm not worried about what Jimenez is going to do. I think if you look at today's baseball salaries, this is actually something they felt they better do or they're going to end up spending $300 million in five years. I mean, that's the fear of what's happening now. Uh, with these players that have five or six pretty good years, and uh, they're kind of tapping this guy to be really, really good. So they're jumping ahead and saying, you know, in the long run, we're going to have to pay him anyway. That's how good we think he is. It's a risk. It's a risk on not necessarily the player side. I think it's more of a risk on the ball club side. But, again, we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, you know, you know, when guys are starting to make 35 and $40 million a year, uh, pretty soon you have to stop it, and the one way to stop it is to sign a guy for five or six years. Protect yourself, I guess. Melty, how much does it bother a team when they start 0-2? No, it doesn't bother them at all. I, again, I, I've got to get back. I'm, not, I'm, gonna, I'm flying to Chicago Monday morning. I do the first uh, game, I think, against Cleveland, then opening day. But my concern in spring training was the amount of walks. They didn't, these, these pitchers only get one or two innings for a while. Then all of a sudden they go to four innings, maybe five. And so, you know, they don't, they get, the more you throw, the sharper you get. So my question has always been if guys are walking guys or getting hit early in the season, that they need more work. They get a lot down there on the sidelines, but I'm talking about in a game. You know, you can go over there and throw against a triple A club, doesn't do you a whole lot of good. But I'm really surprised that Lopez, this was his problem with Giolito last year, they had games where they walked four or five guys, and you, you simply cannot put your defense in uh, that situation uh, very much. And with this offense, you know, we've got a young ball club now. Hopefully they'll score more runs than they did last year. But you've got to start holding teams down now so you can get to that bullpen. Uh, you know, Melty, uh, it's interesting you say that. Alex Cora, the manager of the uh-huh. defending World Series champion Boston Red Sox, as you know, he had his starters pitch barely at all this spring, like sail through like seven innings. David Price didn't pitch a lot until he faced the White Sox the other day. That's why he's going to be, you know, fifth man in the rotation. What do you think of that strategy? Not to, you know, not, not to hardly use his starting pitchers at all in the spring. Well, what it shows me is how valuable starting pitchers are and how uh, injury-prone they really are as far as we got three guys having Tommy John surgery. We're talking about Hanson. Uh, I think Birdie, there's a guy who throws 100 miles an hour. Uh, these pitchers are just throwing hard and hard sliders, and their arms are you know, actually pretty fragile. So I think they're trying – it's almost like the Tampa Bay Rays who are starting their relievers right. in the first and second. And there's a lot of things changing, but to me it shows you the value of having like a Justin Verlander. There's not many guys like that that can last. Kershaw and guys like that that can go day in and day out. Lester's another one that can go five, six, seven innings all the time. They're getting harder and harder to find. So that's why they're shortening up these innings and stuff. When you go to spring training, these guys are really not getting, I don't think, I wasn't down there that much, that much work. But they've always been behind early in the season because they simply don't throw enough to work on their delivery and control, mostly their control and their pitchers. White Sox great Bill Melton with us here on 720 WGN. Melty, when you watch Lucas Giolito tomorrow, what are you looking for? Uh, what am I looking for from him? He's got 
a plus curveball. He's got a plus changeup. He's got a plus fastball. He doesn't throw strikes. When he when you see five or six pretty good innings uh, out of him, if they can get five innings out of him tomorrow, uh, you know, with not a high pitch count, and he doesn't walk anybody or get behind, you got to watch a whole game. If he's getting behind and struggling, that's when these guys start lasting maybe two or three innings, and you got to pull them out. And you got a bullpen. To be honest with you, now that's obviously pretty fresh. I mean, we haven't used a lot of guys. So, you know, they're going to stay with him. They see where his control is off, and he's not throwing strikes. I imagine it'll be a, a little quicker pull tomorrow from Renteria. Not saying you want to do that to one of your starting pitchers, but you don't want to bury yourself so early in the season. So look for strikes. Look for that. Not so much the curveball, but look and see if he's changing speeds and throwing strikes. If he's doing that, he should have a pretty good, I would say, no more than five or six innings. Uh, you know, we're talking about the value of starting pitchers. Uh, yeah. How is Dallas Keuchel not signed yet? <laughs> Too much money. I mean, it's you know what? It's, it's he's like was he thirty one or thirty two years old? Uh, there's something out there that's stopping him, and uh, and I agree. Some team that yeah, he's thirty uh, thirty one. Yeah, if somebody thinks they're pennant contenders, uh, I would say the team that probably. Uh, right now that could help in the bullpen. There's everybody needs a starting pitcher. Uh, I would say St. Louis would be one. You could go down the list and litany of teams that could use a veteran. But the problem is, I think I saw where he wanted four or five years. And guys don't, uh, with the, the way they throw now, don't, don't go into the, when they're 35, 36, 37 years old. And the White Sox would never give a starting pitcher something like that. No, they won't give him that. Plus, I, I, it's really just the amount of years. It's his age now. Not saying he wouldn't be good. He's kind of an off-speed type pitcher, but he's a control pitcher. But when you start stretching four or five years out when you're 31 years old, that's a tough thing for a team to do. So uh, I am a little bit surprised he's not signed. He's a good veteran. Uh, Some team that really thought they needed one more step, he would be perfect for. And I don't know what team that is because right now it looks like everybody's going with their starters three or four innings unless they're any good. What would you do if you're Ricky Renteria with Yonder Alon- yeah. uh, Leander Alonso and, and Jose Abreu Melty? I mean, both those guys want to play first base. And it, uh, he was saying today, I guess, that his plan is not to go one guy one day and the other the next day. He'd rather let a guy get comfortable. So Abreu will play first for three days, and then he'll yeah. go DH for three days, and, and, and Alonso will do three days. Why not just designate one or the other and, and just make a guy unhappy, I guess? Like, well, hey, man, you're the DH. I don't think either one of them will be unhappy. I mean, it, you'll never know it if they are unhappy because uh, I know Abreu is a pretty quiet man. Uh, but you're talking about the beginning of the season. All this can change in a month. You know what I'm saying? They, they're trying to get at-bats now. They need at-bats. They need to, to go into a game situation, get good you know, at-bats and swings. Because in spring training, you're facing a lot of minor league guys, a lot of bullpen guys that are trying to make teams. So you really don't see the, the starting staff of any ball club that much. So this is a way, I think, to get some at-bats under their belt. I might be guessing on this, but you, you got to give both of these guys contribute the same things. And then what you wind up doing is staying with the hot hand. That's what, that's what you'll wind up doing probably. You can't take a guy out if he's uh, six for nine in that fourth or fifth game, like you're saying. So you stay with a hot hand, and pretty soon it, it basically kind of works itself out. you got to see what Polk is going to do as a DH. You never know. If he slumps quite a bit, you got Alonzo can DH all the time. Or you got to brave him. 
You played first base with the Angels yeah, at the end of I your did. at the end of your career. Yeah. Uh, how 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 weird is that? I mean, you know, play third your entire yeah. career and then go out with a uh, little first base actionage. Well, first of all, I started as an outfielder right. and I converted from outfield to third base. Uh, first and third base is not a lot of difference right there. Ball comes off the bat a little bit different. Uh, you don't see that many left-handed hitters. Uh, but generally, the hardest thing for me was uh, judging how to break and go to the bag. That's all, that that winds up being the hardest thing. You're still feeling. You're just feeling on the other side of the diamond. But for me, it was not so much holding guys on, but running the first base or trying to make a play to my right. And there's a second baseman there, and I never used to have anybody there. So sometimes you have to work on, you know, you're pulling yourself too far off the bag. There's nobody to cover first. So you gotta you got to wait for the ball. you got to pick it up. To me, that was the hardest. You know, it really wound up being so good at first base. that, And, and obviously, he's one of the all-time greats for the White Sox is Paul Canerco. But you talk about let's, let's forget the yeah let's forget about the range and stuff. He was a catcher, but for a guy I've, that he could scoop him out of the dirt and bad throws as well as anybody I've seen at first base. And then of course you got other guys that are uh, really good at you know covering a lot of ground at first base. Those are uh, there's quite a few of those guys. But I thought Canerco from a catcher to third base to first base um, had great hands over there. That's all you really needed. First base, you have good hands. Well, you got a lot more uh, foot traffic, you know, playing first base. A lot more yeah, guys to talk yeah. to. Did you have to step up your conversation game at all no, with the guys no, on I the other team? A, no, I gave them all a note. Probably saw them the <laughs> night before somewhere. So we had a lot to talk about. You know what I'm saying? Melty. Probably talked to all of them on Rush Street. <laughs> That's the way to do it. All Melty, right. travel safe coming on back. We'll see you at the ballpark for opening day. Hi, guys. Appreciate the call. Uh, Thanks. Thanks for jumping on. Bill Melton with us here on 720 WGN. Interesting stuff on third base, second base, mm-hmm. which, uh, hey, whatever. It'll, this is, this is the new life for Yohan Moncada, whether it's, whether it's helping him or not helping him. He looks, he looks good playing. He looks comfortable playing third base, too. So, hey, let's, uh, let's take a quick time out here, Harry. And then, yes, there is a goose running around, or not actually running around, but there's a goose. Goose gassage? Not a goose gassage. There's a goose. In right field at Guaranteed Right Field, 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. We are paying attention to the NCAA tournament. Gonzaga 37, Texas Tech 35. Yes, and then Purdue, led by a kid from Evanston, plays tonight. Against the Virginia Hokies. Virginia Cavaliers. Vatek Hokies. Thank you. Right, right, right. You transposed your uh, Virginia schools. I nearly went to school in Virginia. Really? No, that's not true at all. But I, I did go to... I had a nice, solid experience at a hot springs in Virginia once where I thought that I wasn't going to come out alive, but I did survive. And happy to be with you today, Harry. I've been to Oaklawn Park Racetrack in Hot Springs, Arkansas. I almost followed a girl to uh, college at William & Mary in Virginia, and thank God I did not. Well, might have worked out for him. What's wrong with William? No, that was not a good one. It's a bad reason to go to school. Ah. It's a bad reason to go to college oh, because you're chasing, you know, some girl. Okay, I thought it was like further down the line, right, like no. you guys had a. Yeah, by the by the way, William and Mary, one of the ten oldest colleges in America. 
Good knowledge. By the way, our interview with Bill Melton was sponsored by Mazda of Orland Park and ZoomZoomNation.com. They're always trying to make your car shopping fun. Hey, take the family out to the ballpark with a family four-pack. You get four tickets, four delicious hot dogs, four drinks, four chips, starting at just $49. Brought to you by Country Financial. Prepare for your financial future one simple step at a time. Take simplesteps.com for tickets. Visit whitesocks.com slash four-packs today. So let's just get you caught up on what's going around Major League Baseball here. We're going to talk to Sheena Quinn, mm-hmm. who's the White Sox Director of Public Relations, coming on back here. Uh, there is a Goose Island beer has planted a goose in right field, and there's going to be flowing water, and there's a whole new section and tickets out there. A little like uh, Kauffman Stadium there. I mean, it's it's a it's a big move here, Harry. What do we call what do we call Kauffman Stadium now? It's no longer Kauffman Stadium where the where the White Sox are playing the it's Royals. It's called Kauffman. It's still Kauffman. Yeah, they switched it for a while, did they not? No, I don't believe they did. Go to the K, man. Hang out in Kansas City. Did I ever mention that I worked in Kansas City to you? You did. Yeah. Go to the K. It's, no, they haven't, they haven't changed Coffin Stadium. Same deal. Bryce Harper has his first home run as a Philadelphia Philly. They lead the Braves 8-4, top nine. Thoughts? Bryce uh, Harper? Uh, well, uh, you know, I I think Machado would have been a better signing. The Phillies, the Phillies made many good signings. Let's not lose track of Andrew McCutcheon going over to Philadelphia. He's already had success at one National League stadium uh, playing at home games in Pittsburgh. I think McCutcheon is uh, going to be a big part of that Philly club. They came out thumping on opening day. I mean, they, they came out thumping. I like Gabe Kapler managing the squad. I know he had a, a brain freeze early last year. But, um, you know, the, the Phils are loaded. And Aaron Nola, that's a hell of a guy to, uh, you know, to have as your uh, lead horse in the rotation. Since you mentioned Machado, he's 2-for-7 on the young season so far. Padres are 2-0 and playing the night. Yeah, well, they're 2-0. and They're playing the Giants. You know, it's like, it's like playing, you know, someone in golf and, you know, there's a handicap. Yes, and... Uh, Bruce Bochy's last year, which I know you know. Great man. Tremendous career. Boach is like that dude. If you like old school baseball, you're going to miss Bruce Bochy. He is another catcher turned manager. Why is it that catchers make the best managers? Because they know how to sit, hang out, chill, <laughs> think the game. I get it. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, their their whole career. I'll tell you why. I think is because uh, you know their whole career they've had to prepare for every single situation they prepare for every batter they think three innings ahead like most good managers do and um you know there's, if, if you look around baseball there's a couple of guys that um are you know were great managers that weren't catchers joe tory um you know he caught and uh you know so many you know to, uh, mike Sosha was a catcher who became a manager so many you know terrific catchers i know on the south side they say shortstops make the best managers well and i think what makes a, a catcher a great manager just from a human being standpoint mm-hmm. your job as a catcher is mm-hmm. to lift up the guys that you're working with you're trying to make the starting pitchers better you're trying to make the relievers better you're building that rapport right. all of those are skills that a good manager needs to have but, but T- ted williams was an outfielder ted williams the greatest hitter of all time considered by many you know some might say you know the mick some might say you know a couple other guys but ted williams was a bad manager and, you know, a lot of people say, well, it's because he was in the outfield. He wasn't in on every pitch of the game. Ted Williams was about Ted Williams. Really? Did you know him? I talked to Ted many times. Ted was a very... Ted, have you heard Ted Williams talk? Uh, no, lately I haven't. I understand. But 
Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to disgrace no, Ted I, Williams I, I right now. I never knew that but, you had a relationship no, with just, Ted was, Williams. It just was that. That let's get Hawk on the. Air. I would. I would consider. I would consider myself fortunate to have had a uh, conversation I, with Ted. I never had a conversation with Ted, but didn't didn't you just tell me you talked to him? So you're being facetious. Yes, I've listened to Ted talk. I I don't. I I my a imp- Ted talk. My my impression of Ted is that Ted was very into being. Ted, and that's not necessarily works for being a manager and lifting every everybody else right. up around you. I, that, I, that's I what love I'm I love the Blackhawks. I hate the Red Wings, but I consider myself so fortunate to have uh, gotten to spend time with Gordy Howe, Gordy Howe, Mister Hockey, and the reason why Bobby Hall wore number nine was because of Gordy Howe. You're looking at me like I'm not. I'm being totally <laughs> serious. Gord, Gordy Howe, Gordy Howe, Mister Hockey. I, 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 I just it was a huge right turn into Gordy Howe. Ted Williams is you the like, greatest hitter. Gordy, Gordy Howe. Yes, Ted Williams. Yes, it's called White Sox Weekly is the name of the show. But we're talking. Car what are we going to talk Ted about? Williams. Secretariat next. Well, he's the greatest racehorse. <laughs> and and I. I all I'm saying, Carm, is that if you had a conversation with Ted Williams... I never had a conversation with Ted. I well, thought that that was kind of clear. Okay, well, I but thought... But I'd like to. And, and I know it's not possible anymore. And I as got it. great as an individual hitter he was, he could not share his knowledge with his team. But catchers, for some reason, make great managers, and I believe the reason is because they're in on every pitch of the game. They know every player coming out of that dugout. Ted Williams just needed to know the pitchers. Way to tie it all together. I like it. Catchers more involved. Done. Well, to Castillo, next manager of the White Sox in 2028. You should have a catcher do your uh, ceremony of your wedding. Quick timeout, 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly rolling on. Carmen Harry with you till 7.30 tonight. Then Amy Guth will be on board, and then it'll be Blackhawks hockey. Hawks need a miracle. Never say die. Hey, they found a way to knock off the Sharks in San Jose, so let's, uh, the Kings are not that tough a task. Uh, let's hope the Blackhawks win out and we need a little help. Maybe they could use an animal just perched in the third level of the United Center. Tommy Hawk? Well, you know, like a goose or something. I mean, the White Sox are making big goose moves. Goose Yes, Senior Director of Public Relations, Sheena Quinn, is with us right now on White Sox Weekly. Sheena, um... I didn't expect you guys to be putting a goose in right field. I, I wasn't called. I feel a little bit out of the loop. So I wanted you to come uh, on and explain what's going on here. Thank you for joining us. I'm sorry that I didn't uh, that we didn't make the fo- first phone call to you, Mark. That's uh, that's a misstep on our part. I'm sure. I appreciate live you saying that. Live and learn, Sheena. Live and learn. <laughs> no, we've got a we've got a great partner with Goose Island. I mean, they're a local partner they care about the the white sacks ballpark and they brought us this really really incredible idea of transforming the right field section so we took two sections and created an island so you guys are going to see in right field there uh it's going to be two sections that were transformed into one island surrounded by running water features and then as you mentioned it's got a 10 foot goose head it's the iconic goose head of the uh goose island tap handle there and right behind that i don't think you can miss it is this really awesome Sox 35th L car bar. Anybody can walk up to it in the right field concourse there. There's going to be so much happening out there, everything from. And they've got, like, a, a great 
different types of seating in that section, too. So you get down to the field level there. It's connected to the Goose Island Craft Cave. It's field level. It's got plush leather seats, TVs, you know, storage. Whoa, some, whoa, whoa. Uh, TVs at the seats. Yeah, TVs at the seats, so you can't miss a thing there. It's so, going to be great. So if you buy the reclining plush TV seat, it's, what is it, 100 bucks in the front row now? Is that the deal? Yeah, you got it. A um, bargain. 100 Exactly. I mean, it, you can't ask for, like, better menu down there. It's craft burgers and craft beer. And you got wait staff down there. So you get in-seat service. They bring you burgers and your beer, and you get baseball. So, right in Polka territory. So you, well, hold on oh, a second. Now you're talking Carm's language. That's big. Uh, are, are, <laughs> so are you saying that you can have as many burgers and as many beers as you want for your 100 bucks in that seat? Is that accurate? Well, so it's $100, and then $20 of that ticket is actually loaded value. So you get you can have a burger and a beer, all part of that ticket there. I see. Okay, so you can't just eat there. You can't go completely <laughs> crazy without... You could, but you'd have to pay for the, the extra... Hey, you- you can. There's like six great craft burgers down there. They're going to do something really cool in the in the craft cave too with burger of the homestand. I'm going to challenge you, Carm, to try and try every single burger on that menu. Maybe in one game. I'm in. I'm I'm 100 in. So Sheena, you know, I I love baseball and I also love socializing. These Goose Island, uh, this island, this these two sections to me they scream bachelor and bachelorette parties. Can we do that there? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. The middle section there has um, some great spaces for individual and group seating. It's really going to be like the party social scene. Um, so, yeah, like you said, Harry, it's like perfect for bachelor and bachelorette parties. I, I'm sure you'll be invited to many, many out there. Carm's getting married yeah. in November, okay. probably. I, I, Sheena, this, these are Harry's a great friend of mine, but I don't, I don't know if I'm quite ready to make that move. That seems like mixing, <laughs> you know, business and whatnot, Harry. But I love, the, I love what your love, love your head is at. I'm, I'm curious about, if I may, the, the 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 flowing water situation here. Can you break down how that works? We actually installed like banisters on both sides of the section, and then at the top and bottom of the section, there's actually going to be a running waterfall. We haven't turned it on yet. It'll be turned on in a special kind of ribbon-cutting slash water tap turning on uh, ceremony that morning of the home opener on Thursday, April 4th. Will it ru- that's, that's awesome. Will it run the whole game? Yeah, it's going to be running all the time. I don't know if we're going to have some palm trees out there, but, you know, <laughs> April baseball is definitely going to have an island feel to it at Guaranteed Rate right Field. Does anything happen with the uh, with the streaming water, the flowing water, if there's like a home run by the Sox? Does it, does it you know, does it explode? <laughs> Not yet, but we were talking. We just gave media um, a first look at it yesterday. Uh, we're putting some finishing touches on it, and we were actually talking to uh, Goose Island a little bit about what happens if somebody hits a homer and hits the goose hat. Does it honk? Should we should we make it honk? Should there be some sort of like really cool prize people win? So I think that there's going to be more to come on that. It definitely has to honk. Now, um, Rich <laughs> Gossage was a great White Sox before you were born, Sheena. Rich Gossage was a great closer for the Sox, 72 to 76. He was the goose, Goose Gossage. Is there like an homage to Goose Gossage somewhere in Goose Island? 
Yeah, you know, I think, you know, in the spirit of White Sox legends and greats, there's always a little bit of that going on. Um, nothing in writing. So in, that's a no. You know, in writing yet, physically yet, but you never know. Well, to me, to me, there's a sponsor tie-in, and also you can call the Bannisters Alan Bannister. Just, just These are all really great ideas. I think I'm related to Brooks Boyer. So... <laughs> Might be too. <laughs> but in the back of the section, how much do the tickets cost? If you're not paying for the hundred dollar reclining situation, if you're just sitting out in right field and you're in the goose section, what does that look like? Fifteen dollars. So I mean, it's a really, really great deal. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely going to be the thing for White Sox fans this season to come and see. I mean, even if you're not sitting in the section, you're going to want to meet up at the walk up L car bar um, because I think. It's going to be a really cool feature to take a photo in front of and then grab a beer. I love the move. This I, is this is a blast. It's a it's a it's it, a nice, unique, solid Chicago look you got going on in right back, field. Come back to the island. Exactly, exactly. It'll be the spot to catch home run balls by White Sox players and then have a beer. This is. Uh, well, you know, it's what you do, Sheena. You're always raising the bar. You and Brooks and Jerry and... In this case, she's raising the Goose Island bar. Raising the Goose. Uh, the Goose has to honk. Can we agree on that? Uh, that seems very complicated. I, I How do you agree. get the Goose to honk? How do you get... What? How do you get the Goose? It's, it's, it's 2019, Carm. It's a it's a Goose. Want me to teach you how your GPS works? I, I just don't know if... I, I, Sheena, that seems difficult to me. Like, how do you get the Goose to... Like, I, I suppose the, the guy on the scoreboard, he, he honk, he hits the honking thing, and that's how it goes down. But that seems... You know, that's that's not easy to do, is it? I mean, it seems challenging, but who thought you could create an island inside of a ballpark, you know? That, like, so true. anything can happen. That's that's fair. All right, well. So we got we got the anything else we need to know for opening day, by the way. Tickets are available for Thursday with the Seattle Mariners. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it's going to be great. I, I I'm really encouraging fans to go down. We still have some really great seats available for the home opener. Um, it's going to be April baseball weather, which makes us White Sox hardened fans, you know. Damn straight. Um, but, but, like, really cool thing. Like, we get so many fan stories. I mean, I just talked to a fan earlier this week who is coming to their 31st opening day. I mean, how cool is that? They do that with their, their moms and dads. They pass it on to their kids. I mean, it's just, it's almost like a rite of passage for White Sox fans. No doubt, opening. I mean, if you don't go opening day, you're just you're just missing out. That's the deal. You get 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 to the parking lot early for an opening day. Have a tailgate. Come on. And look, we don't want to encourage kids to like you know miss school, but yes, we do. Opening day itis. Catch it. <laughs> I I think Brooks Boyer will write them a note to get out. There we so. go. Oh, that be make that happen. Yeah. I, I, th- that has to happen. You just you do the half day. You go in the morning, then all of a sudden you got to go to the doctor, and and, and teachers understand. It, so, so Sheena, by the way, Brooks uh, he, he toyed with me. He never used my idea halfway to Halloween. Don't you like that? At the end of April uh, or early May, everybody comes in costume. There's candy. Come on, halfway to Halloween. I, you know what I like it. Do you, do you have a particular costume in mind? Well, I would go as Hawk Harrelson. Okay, all right. I don't Let's ca- see if I mean, we can make that happen so we can see it. You, you have a, you have a costume contest on the field before the game, and then you know you all your announcers are in costume. You know you take it. You just you, you turn the place into Halloween. You have ghouls and stuff like that. You know, I'm, I mean, we have that a little bit with Game of Thrones and Star Wars. People come in a lot of costumes then, so. I mean, if you watch either of those shows, I mean, feel free, Harry, to come on down with a costume. 
Well, I'm not saying me in particular. I'm I'm saying that, you know, I think it'd be fun for fans. I, I'd like to go to the ballpark. You know, if I don't bring my dog, I like going to the ballpark on dog day and see all the different dogs. But, you know, I think it'd be fun to, you know, just a fun feel to have the, uh, you know, the halfway to Halloween. I think we got to make this like a regular thing where I come on and just take Harry's ideas back to Brooke. Like, like a regular segment yeah. with new ideas. Hey, here's here's another one. Same name game. <laughs> if you've got, if you hear me out on this one, if you've got the same last name as a White Sox player, you get in for half price. You know, we used to do something like that. Like, uh, there were a couple of group kind of tickets that if you had the same last name as one of our players, you got a discounted ticket. We talked about maybe doing selfies with that particular player. So, I mean, that's, I mean, it's a, it's a really great idea. We've tried it. I'm looking at Harry like he's nuts, Sheena, just so you know. Uh, and and uh, <laughs> last name, same thing. Same name game. The same name game. Yeah. You think that's going to be a huge <laughs> a huge marketing move, huh? The yes. same name game? Yes. Think of think of how popular some of the last names of Sox players are. That would that would trigger, I think, a lot of families to go out there. Okay. I mean, are hey, there any White Sox players in in history named Chinawith? Um, no, but there's a couple of jewelers, a furrier, and several accountants. Ah. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know what? I like it. So halfway to Halloween and... and same, same name, name game. game. Okay. Look, I got Reinsdorf to, to put on sleep overnight, so I, I'm not giving up on these. Was that really... Are you taking credit for that? Ask him. Ask him. Oh, uh, I don't. Okay. He told me. He told me the only time I asked him. I said, "When was the last time you were in a sleeping bag?" He goes, "Last time I stayed at the Ritz." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Jerry didn't like the, the sheets at the Ritz. He wanted his own thing. Sheena, uh, this was this was beautiful and uncomfortable all at the same time. So I know that's what you signed up for. So you, so thank you for doing it. Always a pleasure, you guys. Congrats on the goose. It's awesome. Can't wait to see it opening day. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll talk to you Thanks, soon. Thanks, Sheena. Sheena Quinn, Senior Director of Public Relations for your Chicago White Sox. Come on out and see the goose. Quick timeout, 720 WGN. Now, what a play! 720 WGN, the team's flagship radio station. You're listening to White Sox Weekly on the home of the Sox, 720 WGN. <laughs> White Sox Weekly, indeed. Thanks again to Sheena for coming on. You, I'm texting Brooke. You're, Brooke's, te- you're texting Brooks right now. What are you telling him? How great Sheena is, that the Goose Island is going to be a huge success. He's got to tie in Goose Gossage. She can also tie in Alan Bannister to the Bannisters. The Goose has to honk. Do you realize that you've missed your calling in life? How many times do you think I've heard that? I mean, you really, you, you've had a tremendous radio career, but deep down... Did you say had you, or am having? Had and and are having. My bad. Mm-hmm. Sorry for that You're distinction sorry. right there. Good to be with you today. But the point, <laughs> the point is, Harry, you should have been... A promotions guy. It's not too late. Well, okay, I, I get it. Maybe that's the that's the transformation you're going for. But I'm texting I, McDonough and Blunk next. What What are your thoughts? For the, what do you, What do you got over there? Oh, I've got all kinds. Of Halfway things. to July Fourth Day. Where do you come up with these things? You're just you're 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 overflowing in thoughts. Don't patronize me. I, it's not patronizing. It's a direct rip. Okay, can I give you a homework assignment? Sure. 
next Saturday, I yeah. want you by next Saturday, one week. Okay, the Sox have a one ten game on uh, on Saturday against the Mariners. Okay, yeah. yeah. So we'll be on after the post game, and uh, I'd like you to have one wonderful promotional idea. I don't. By next do, Saturday. I don't. I don't. That's not my game. That's not what you don't. Don't. I don't. Cry. I, mean, I don't want to box. Don't cry for me, I'm, Argentina. I don't want to step on your toes. This is this is this is your thing. Like that'd be like you me saying to you. After the White Sox game on this Saturday. You want me to beat some 80-year-old in tennis. I, right. I want you to actually be able to get a serve over the net. Something along those lines. Like, you just couldn't. I don't. I wouldn't anticipate you could do that. Do I have to serve overhand? That would be in theory, yes. Did you I, see that sweet serve by Curios this week where he faked like he was doing the overhand and then he did the other end for the, for the, for the ace? It was beautiful. You mean Berrios, the pitcher on the Twins? No, not Berrios. Who's Curios? Yeah. Uh, Curious, is he a monkey? What's your next? Curious George? What, what, do you ever get worried that you're, you know, you're giving Sheena all these ideas that you're like going to step on her toes? Does that ever cross your mind? That, I'm, I'm here to help. Okay. I don't mean to step on her toes. Okay. Well, no, I mean she's text. I, I text her. Thank you. She's, she's, she really appreciates you. Brooks appreciates you. You just make me nervous. It's just, I guess it's my, it's my own thing here. I got to say, it's going to settle in here. Us. No, I, yeah, us, sure, but like these. You're the promotions guy on this show. This is what the, this is what the show is about. This show is a show for Sox fans to talk about everything that is part of the Chicago White Sox. It's to talk about how the Sox are going to turn it around, how the Sox are going to get back in the playoff race, how the Sox are going to win another trophy like they did in 2005, and then we have as much fun with the White Sox as you possibly can I, have. I under I understand. Have I just, you been up to? You don't have a kid yet. Although I heard there's a reason you have to get married. Um, have you been up to uh, Fundamentals there uh, in Fundamentals? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes, I have. It's awesome. It's it's incredible. Yes. Okay. That's Somebody cool. came up with that, and there it lays now. Did you come up with that? No, I didn't come up with that. <laughs> that would have been a good thing. You're 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 sticking to same name. Show up at the ballpark. We'll let you in free night. Same name game. <laughs> the same name. It's got to be tight. The title's got to zing. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Let's just get Was some promotion ideas from our Sox fans. Was that was that a good idea? Same name game. How about how about let's get them to give us their promotional ideas? Okay, we can do that too. But I, I, I would I would personally like to see people texting in if they think the same name game was a good idea. Yes, and would you would you if you had the same last name if you've got a last name that matches a Sox player or coach would you not want to make sure that you're out there that one game a year when it's half price. Yeah, but that's just such a very small pool. I think the whole deal with the promotions you want to bring in pool. all of Chicago. You want to bring in They'll all be, of the Midwest. You want to When they do when they do Polish Heritage Night, that night is for people of Polish heritage. They do Irish night a lot for the bigger Irish pool people. Than the same name game. I know it's one of the greatest Polish uh, you know communities. But I'm saying that they there's there's Big 10 night. You know, not everybody went to a Big 10 school. There's there are Make me get my schedule. I'm going to get my trusty pocket schedule out of my pocket. I mean, I, I should. Here, take out your White Sox pocket schedule. Let's look at the promotion. I love that you still carry pocket schedules. Yeah, that is, what's that, yours? I don't, I'm not a pocket schedule guy, but I appreciate not that you do. a pocket schedule? Who carries a pocket schedule? Carm, don't you know what it's like to be a fan? See, I have this thing. It's called a phone. And then when I go into the phone, it mm -hmm. tells me when the White Sox are playing. That's how I do it. Well, guess what? Curtis, do you have a pocket schedule? No, I have a... Uh, well, I guess I do. It's called Google. Right. I mean, I mean, it's great that you do, Harry. They're still making well, podcasts. Well, I didn't have to go to Google or any other search engine. I'm just looking at the promotional schedule highlights. Opening day, free t-shirt Thursday, White Sox hoodie, a Brave Silver Slugger Award. Ho, ho, ho. Look at that. That's April 27th. 
Cinco de Mayo and Los White Sox soccer jersey. Hey, you're a Bulls guy. Reinsdorf's other team. Why does it say Los Bulls? Shouldn't it say Los Toros or El Toros? Well, we could call Jerry on that one, too, if you want. I'm just asking the Los question. Los Toros de Chicago ganan mucho, senor. I, I'm not the first person to think that. Do you know what I just said? Uh, si. I don't think you do. That was a big-time move by me in, in my Spanish language, and, I, and you're just acting like you know it. Yo estudio español en la escuela para dos años. Okay, never mind. But Harry, my brother, mi hermano, is fluent. I Harry, got you. We do have a text coming in, 312. Same name game, great idea. There you go. Thank you. And I'm nowhere near the text. You're a witness. Great idea with ex- multiple exclamation, exclamation points for you. Good, congratulations. Okay, I, I listen. Small sample size, but thank you. Uh, that was the that was the one promotional idea that you had that I didn't immediately fall in love with. Everything else is brilliant. Yeah, no, I, look, I don't need to be patronized. <laughs> if I want to be patronized, I'll, I'll don't, go don't, see do the... don't do it. Don't do it. Okay, don't do it. All right, thank hey, you. Can I just make, let's make a left turn for a convenient, secure way to manage and access your game tickets? Choose mobile ticket delivery when you purchase online. Visit WhiteSox.com for info on mobile ticketing. Bleachers and brews. They're back all season long. Get one bleacher seat, two beers for just 22 bucks. Was that your idea? No, it wasn't <laughs> my idea. Although anytime I'm at the game sitting in the bleachers, I always say, hey, two beers. Uh, $22 for that. You got to be 21. Uh, that's also not my idea. And you got to have, <laughs> you got to have a valid ID. Bleachers and brews is presented by Budweiser. Drink responsibly. To purchase tickets, visit whitesocks.com slash brews. Scott Merkin, MLB.com, gets us back on track as we talk about the club coming out after 7 o'clock. White Sox Weekly till 7.30, 720 WGN. Here, everyone's favorite weatherman, that's Tom Skilling, weekday afternoons at 4 on the Rocon Show with Anna Flante, 720 WGN Chicago. Smart speaker users, just say play WGN Radio on TuneIn. The new sponsored by Geico Insurance, is that correct there, Design. Hold on a second here. We 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 have an error. We have an error. Design first builders. Thank you very much. Apologize for that. Design first builders is sponsoring the news at seven oh one. Here is Bob Kessler. Seven twenty WGN White Sox Weekly. You may not get the reference of this fight song. Curtis, would you like to explain what's going on here? So Scott Merkin is joining us in a few minutes, and obviously Michigan State alum. Michigan State moving on in the tournament. He, he is a Michigan alum. So you're taunting Merk with a Michigan State fight song. You yeah. flat out taunted Merk, but yet Merk is not quite at his hotel room yet, so he didn't get to hear that taunt. Well, so the taunt is for everybody else. Go blue. I blame myself. Uh, it was premature eplayulation. Ah. But we'll play it again. No. It <laughs> if, you, if, if you want. If you are interested in what's going on in the NCAA tournament at this very moment, 63-58 Texas Tech, 63-59 Gonzaga on the foul line. So they can make it a one-possession game. We'll keep you up to date here. Uh, Merck is coming on in a moment here. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have Scott Merkin on the show today is he did five bold predictions at MLB.com. 
Now, Harry, mm-hmm. I don't think you've read this particular piece from Merck, and even though you read Scott all the time, would you like to gander a guess at the sum of Merck's five bold predictions? That the rookie of the year will be Aloy Jimenez. That's number one that is in there. Did you read this article? Uh, what are you talking about? Are you cheating? I'm, no. I mean, that's if, if I'm a White Sox beat writer... I think you're cheating. If I'm a White Sox beat writer, I, I would... You know, and I've got a, you know, I need five bold predictions. I'm coming up with that as one of them. What else you got? Um, I've got, I've got, um, let's see, uh, Tim Anderson steals 40 bases. He read the article. I didn't read the article. Okay. That's another one. Tim Anderson 40- goes 20 for 40. First White Sox player to produce uh, 20 home runs and 40 stolen bases. Do you remember when we did this? And I, that was my prediction, that he was going to swipe 40 bags. You had to pull the tape. Don't quite remember that one, but okay, fair enough. What else What else is in his bold predictions? Um, uh, well, I mean, the other star of the team hopefully will be Johan Moncada. So he's got to have Moncada, a Moncada prediction. He does, Harry. He's got Moncada as an all-star. All as the an way. all-star. As all See? The, right 200, there. 217 strikeouts last year, Merck points out. 714 OPS. Those are not all-star numbers. But Merck is predicting an all-star year for Yohan, who's off to a roaring start. What else you got? Um, okay, he's got to predict that somebody is coming up. Because the White Sox are all about the uh, future of the team. He has that prediction as well. It's amazing you haven't read this piece. I, I swear to God, I have not read this piece. He's got Nick Madrigal coming all the way up to the majors. Nick Madrigal. Well, this see, year. I, I was going to suggest a pitcher. This is when I thought that Merck was actually really drinking heavily when he threw Nick, Nick Madrigal in there. Right. See, I would not have picked Nick Madrigal, but uh, I'm, I'm all for it. Is he, you know, he's... Um, Early on, he wasn't striking out at all. Right. He didn't strike out his first, uh, what was it, like 25 at-bats last year, if memory serves. more Maybe more than that. Okay, fifth one is Carlos Rodon wins uh, 20 games. Carlos Rodon wins 20 games is not on Merck's list. His fifth one is that the White Sox will win the AL Central. What? That's for 2021. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, let's let's bring Merck in here. With his five, now we can play the music. With his five bold predictions. Uh, this Yoan Moncada prediction, Scott Merkins, looking pretty good, pal. Yeah, he's he's making me look good. And then Aloy had a couple hits today, so on the way to that Rookie of the Year award. So uh, the, the, the 74 76 wins, that, that might be pushing a little bit, but we'll see. Uh, and I forgot I forgot the other two. <laughs> You've got. I was just coming up with them. The one day I don't read you, I, I miss them. I got four out of five correct, though. I, I love it. Tim Anderson swiping 40 bases. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Scott- I, really do, I really do think that, you know, assuming he has a good year offensively and gets on base, that he's really going to be uh, aggressive running the bases. So I really do believe that's. I'm not sure if he'll get to that 30-30 total, but I think he'll get to 20-40 for sure this year. As a, as a lifelong fan of baseball like Carmen and I are, don't you think that that has become such a lost art, the ability to, to help your club by swiping a bag? It really has. I mean, you remember when we were growing up, Harry, I mean, there were guys who sold 80, 90 bases right? in a year, right? right? I mean, and it's funny, I, I just realized the other day that Terrence Gore is on the Royals' active roster, yep. and... Nothing against Terrence Gore. He's carved out a very nice niche for himself, and you see him on a lot of playoff teams because he's such a. He's on the Cubs last year, right? He's such a great yeah. base runner, yeah. and they decided you know, can turn a, a tie game in the tenth inning into the winning runs at third, and, and 
you know, two moves, but I think he's got one career hit, right? And he's on the active roster for the Royals, so it's kind of crazy. Yeah, you know, um, I think one of the funniest tweets I ever saw in my life was when he was out in left field for like the last five innings of that game. Somebody tweeted, uh, hey, why is there a little kid playing left field for the Cubs? <laughs> well, I think, he, I think if I remember it, he had a chance to... Walk off that game last year. There was a guy on second or a guy on first against the Rockies, and he struck out swinging to to end it there. He definitely did. You know, um, I think another thing a great base dealer does is it distracts the pitcher from the hitter. The task, the task at hand is to get the batter out, and a terrific base dealer. You know, you'll see it with a uh, starter. You'll see it a lot with the closer as well. Guy, guys leading off first, and the pitcher's distracted. Right, Carm. No question. That, that's a factor. And, and you see that with, you know, the Royals, I don't think are going to be a very good team this year, but you see that with them. I mean, they have speed up and down that lineup. I mean, even Solaire, who, you know, I think people expected him to be a star when he was on the north side and, and really maybe sort of like Moncada, this might be his year that he's coming into. But even he's moving, he's moving around. And Mondesi is probably one of the fastest guys in the game. I mean, he that triple, the first triple he got the other day was one that most people would, you know, be challenged, not challenged to get a double, but would just be rounding second when the ball came in, and he was basically a third already. So they, one thing the Royals did, they don't, they don't have a great bullpen, but they do have speed kind of up and down that lineup. Their, their problem is they can't steal first. Exactly. Well, you, that, that's the old Harry Carey line, right? You can't steal first base. So. Yep. Merck, uh, let's get a little what it feel like in the locker room after the game today. Everything gets magnified early in the season. What, what was it like in there at 0-2? You know, in the story I wrote after the game, you know, you don't want to use the phrase tanking. You don't want to use the phrase good loss because the Sox want to be competitive this year. You know, they're, they're coming up a 100-loss season. They feel like they have better talent in place. They have younger guys learning. But it really is a case, let, let's, let's phrase it this way, that it's there were some good things today on, you know, baseball that's not been great the first two games overall, but good things in the present that can apply to the future too. Moncada, three hits. Uh, the two-run homer looking very good at third. Eloy, just as simple as he was swinging through seven sliders, which he did on Thursday, connecting on those today for his first two career hits. You know, I mean, stuff like that. Now, again, you know, it's, it's a learning curve. You know, he they said that uh, on the play in left field where Solaire blooped one in between him and Tim Anderson. Right, right, right. Tim's very, you know, Tim's very aggressive on that. Eloy called him off. Tim didn't hear him. And Eloy probably made the smart move pulling up. He said he didn't, you know, even Ricky Renteria joked after the game that he would not want to see – Six four, two hundred and forty five pound Aloy Jimenez run into Anderson at full speed. So you know it, it, it's two games, and I get people are upset because there's been some moments that haven't been great, and there's been some bullpen hiccups. But it's two games. This this may not be a year where they win eighty five, eighty six, but I think it's going to be an entertaining. I think there's going to be things to watch and things to talk about more than in the past of, you know, oh, geez, they've, they've lost seven in a row or something like that. Okay, so Lopez threw a lot of pitches today, walked a lot of guys. I'm hoping Lucas Giolito is much better tomorrow. What do you expect from the tall right-hander? Well, it's, it's you know, it's it's a story for any team, really. You know, even the ones that are, you know, the Red Sox that are coming off a World Series, other teams that are contending, you can't have starters go five and a third and four-plus and keep the bullpen healthy, especially, you know, early on. So I think they'd like to see Lucas work deep into the game. I think Lucas has a similar story like Moncada in that Lucas was not going to let last year's struggles, his first full season in the majors, define him as a as a player. You know, he he worked hard in this offseason. He re-bought his, re- reworked his kind of mental process and also changed his delivery a little bit. You know, the raw results in Cactus League play weren't great, but he really, he's told me a few times and told other reporters the same thing that, 
he feels as good throwing the ball as he did when he was 18 or 19, which for Lucas isn't that long ago. For me, it would be a long time ago, but for Lucas, it's just a few years, but he feels really good. So again, I wouldn't overreact one way or the other to a start tomorrow. If he goes seven innings, he has two hits, or if he goes four and gives up five runs, but I do think he's in a better place going forward. And he even talked yesterday about how he really appreciates this opportunity. I mean, he's got great stuff, but you know, he didn't do well last year. And the team has stood behind him. His teammates have stood behind him, and he's he's ready to go in 2019. Scott Merkin, MLB.com, with us here on White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. Carm and I have to I have to add real quick. I'm, yeah. I'm in the hotel lobby because I, my key's not working in my room, oh. and there's a comic con going on next door to the hotel, and it's great people watching in the lobby right now. So, it's tremendous people watching. What are some of the costumes? We were just talking with Sheena, you know, uh, in charge of all the promotional events, uh, you know, at, at the ballpark. Park. What are some of the costumes? I got to follow Sheena. Now that's that's high honor right there. If you follow Sheena Quinn on the on the show for sure. Right, I'm sure it's um, not the first time you followed Sheena. By the way, <laughs> there's a lot of Harry Potter, a lot of Harry Potter characters. There's a uh, someone who looks standing at the front desk checking in right now looks something like Iron Man. Um, I did hear that uh, Henry Winkler is over at the show and has had long lines in the in both days he's been there. So they're even going back to the. Uh, the seventies for the Fonz, although maybe it has something to do with his new show too, right? Yeah, but there's, from, there's a lot of lot of lot of masks, a lot of kids in masks, so it's it's an interesting little uh, combination here. Merck, you've been uh, covering the White Sox for a couple of years now. Do you know what you're doing in Kansas City for dinner? Do you need any advice? You know, I used to work in Kansas City. No, you know, Mark, I appreciate. It. Last night we hit uh, myself and uh, the Honorable Daryl Van Scow and hit a uh, Jack Stack. Great move and. Uh, yeah, big fan of that. They have a burnt end stew yep. that you can get. That's that. Oh my goodness, tremendous, 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 tremendous. But not sure what tonight's plans are. We'll, we'll have to figure it out. There's a lot. Of, we're in that uh, you know, that power and light district where there's a lot of options down there. So we'll we'll play it by ear. Hey, 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 uh, Scott. I have an invitation for you. <laughs> yes. There's plenty of room. On the Spartan bandwagon. Wow. <laughs> wow, you really know how to hurt a person. Yeah, I'm still getting over the one for 19 shooting for three-point range. But I will tell you this. they, Objectively speaking, they look tremendous. They really are playing. I think they've looked about as, as strong as any team in the tournament. I mean, I realize Duke has got you know, not only the best player in college, but probably one of the top 50 players, period. And he may pull a Danny Manning and just will them to the title this year. But... Michigan State looks awful good right now. I, it kind of makes me sad a little bit. I love the Danny Manning reference. God, he was he so loved, great. And he did it, right? He, he yeah. single-handedly took Kansas to that title that year. So Dan, Danny and the Miracles. They, they had a football right. player. They had that's a football right. player. Right. But, but, but that should be a heck of a who, who, And not that people really want to turn on the station and listen to me ask about the scores, but who's winning the Gonzaga-Tech game right it's, now? It's a two-point game. Tech is up 81-79. They had a big lead. They were up, I want to say, seven. They've had some huge turnovers down the stretch. It's so a one-possession game right now. Well, our focus is really wow. on the White Sox during White Sox Weekly. Exactly. So Sorry we about know. that. Yeah. yeah no, I... I <laughs> We just you know we got to we got to pay attention. White Sox fans want to know what's going on in the tournament. Hey, Mark, before you go, uh, any anything that's of what's your biggest concern right now that you've seen in two games? Let's go that way. Oh, geez, I mean, it, it, it really you know, and all in all deference to your question, it's kind of hard to say two games because what is a concern in two games in the next ten could be like a strong suit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I do think. And they're just coming out of the spring training, but the starters, you know, they've worked their pitch count up a little bit, but they need to probably spread that over 
a few more innings. And, and Carlos didn't have the best defensive support in the first game. I thought he had really good stuff and pitched well. You know, Lopez, in fairness to him today, it was freezing. It was, you know, a 36-degree game-time temperature. And you, you got to deal with that for, you know, half of April probably. But I can understand he talked about this afterwards where, you know, it was tough getting the grip on the ball. Now, granted, all the pitches had to do with the same. It wasn't like he just had it and no one else did. But, you know, they're going to need a little deeper work out of the starting pitching. And I think they're going to need to see, and he's talked about this himself. He's a veteran. He gets it. Probably a little, you know, better work, a little stronger work from Nate Jones. And I, I think the velocity is a little bit down right now. But I had a chance to talk to him today, and he feels like there's more in there for him. And he thinks it's going to pick up as it gets warmer and as he, you know, gets gets working a little bit. You know, he's the, the seasoned veteran on that team, the longest-tenured White Sox guy on yeah. that roster. How about so, it? So, you know, he, that makes what, you know, could be, at least on paper, the strongest bullpen in the AL Central when you think of Ptolemy and Herrera and Fry, you know, just in the back end there. But you need Nate to work in there, too. He, he's got to be part of that, too. He's got to be good for them. I'm the king of overreacting early in the season. Last year at this time when the White Sox were killing the Royals, I was talking World Series. Yeah, you had Matt Davidson for MVP. I think it's more fun to live hey, like I, that, Mark. I wrote in my, uh, in my five predictions Friday that that off day after the opening day, I, I wrote a, a column about you know five reasons why the Sox get surprised this year. And then they went out and they rallied on that Saturday night and won in the eighth inning. And then finish sixty and hundred over the next one hundred and sixty games. I, I kind of missed on that one. But it was a great, it was a great start. You were, you were there. You were living the dream. I, I think you need. I think, I think you know, for tomorrow, you need to somehow tie in the Comic Con characters uh, in with in with the White Sox. <laughs> Classic. Hey, these people are having fun though. Whatever they're wearing, they're having a blast. So I mean, good for them. Good for them that they're out and and it's not raining here, so it's very nice out. So it's just a little chilly, but people are enjoying Kansas. And and the good thing for the Sox is. You know, they're going to get all three of these games in. Tomorrow's supposed to be great weather, and even Cleveland's clearing up a little bit. Let's hope we get better weather for, for Thursday, as the forecast is right now for the home opener. Yeah, and it's a good thing you always travel with your Batman suit, because Batman turns 80 today. <laughs> you can just slip that baby well, on. Just a little, just a little bit older than I am. I had a birthday a couple weeks ago, but Batman still got me by a few years. But, yeah, it, it's, it's tough to get through security sometimes, but it's a must-to-have, though. Merck, Merck dinner tonight. Go to Anthony's for Italian. It's old school. It's delicious. Just mark it down, okay? I'm marking it down right now. I, I got some recommendations from other people the other day too, but we're we're doing Anthony's for Italian. That sounds good. And and and, and dress as Batman. And there was great ma- <laughs> there was a great mafia back in Kansas City in the day. So I hope it works out for you tonight. Uh, but it's a great spot. Do it. If I mention your name, will it be taken care of? You think? I I don't. I wouldn't do that. That could be a double. That could be a double <laughs> triple situation. Merck. All right, sounds good. We'll see you this week, Merck. Thanks so much for jumping on. Okay, guys, take care. Have a good night. Scott Merck at MLB.com. We're up against the break. Amy Guth's coming up, 720 WGN. The 3-2, high and deep to right field. This is hit a ton at the track, at the wall. And she is off the top of the wall for a two-run homer. How about that one? Oh, brother. Moncada kills one at 387-plus. And the White Sox are indeed worth in two. That was a highlight of today. Yohan Moncada going deep. Great start to the season for him. Sox looking for the first win tomorrow. Lucas Giolito on the mound. I'll have the postgame for you tomorrow. First pitch 110. Andy Mazur, I believe, has the pregame tomorrow. So we'll see if the Sox can get a win. Amy Guth has the Saturday night special Guth. right now. Guth, Guth, I, I, I live Guth. for that, Harry. I love that greeting. I want everyone to greet me that way, please. Guth, 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 Guth. <laughs>
I like the Jennings edition here. Yeah, that's nice. If, if we we could like auto tune you both and make a song of this, <laughs> like the Goo Three mix of something, that'd be great. What's uh, what's on your show tonight? Since we've already stolen a half hour of your time, you're welcome. Um, no, so um, I'm going to talk about. You know, there's a lot of people, a lot of uh, lifestyle blogs right now that are tweeting these spring cleaning checklists yes. and all this stuff, followed by trails of commenters saying why that list will not work for me, and <laughs> and and like how dare you judge my messy life and all. This. So clearly, it's not about stuff. Right there, it's about way more than just stuff and clutter. There's emotions behind that, right? Because it's we work hard to buy things and do all that, and people get frustrated by like having too much stuff in the house, or like you know, darn it, you always leave your socks out, or you know, whatever thing. Like we get frustrated by those things. So certain stuff reminds you of certain people. Yeah, then we get sentimentally attached to things. Yeah, so it's a lot of a lot going on there. So I'm I'm a little bit shorter show, but I'm going to talk with two professional organizers. One is a certified Konmari consultant because we we got to talk about books because that was another recent controversy books aren't clutter and everybody kind of freaked out about that Um, and then the other organizer that I'm going to talk to um, she was on an episode of um, A&E Hoarders she was the you know the the organizer that they brought in to help somebody and uh, her name is Erin Kelly and she she kind of does a lot of she does she works with anybody but especially she has a certification in working with people who are experiencing like chronic disorganization or hoarding tendencies or things like that because again it's about way more than stuff and if you do it wrong you can really you know throw people Uh. Off. So there's a lot there, and we're going to take a look at that. So it's technically spring cleaning, but it's way more than spring cleaning. I like it. We got some depth going on that here. Can't, cannot miss radio. Can't miss radio. What's going on underneath of these books and clothes? Of our piles and, of stuff. Yep, I, yeah, I, that's my, awesome. My mom's a hoarder. They came in really? to do a show with her, and you know what they found in her bedroom? Two other hoarders. I, I, come on, Harry, <laughs> Harry Tynowitz. Amy, have a great show. Thank you.